When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, this is India on 99.94. I'm your host, Nikesh Raghani, alongside Sarawaris of Wisdom, as always. And uh, as always, we are with you once again after another India match at the T20 World Cup. Another victory for India, this time over the Netherlands, uh, to be expected, really. So we'll be discussing that. Um, It's also a momentous day, Sarah, isn't it? That uh, India, the BCCI, have announced that the Indian women's team will be getting exactly the same match fees as the men's team across all formats as well. So so a groundbreaking day in terms of that news as well, isn't it? And and it's it's sort of a, a trend setting, I suppose, because nobody else does it in the world yeah. when you look at all the other big sides. And it just came out of the blue, you know, just a few days, weeks ago, we were uh, bashing the BCCI for the treatment towards women cricket, cricketers, and it just came out of the blue, almost like, you know, they were waiting for Saurav Gangli to be axed before making this uh, decision. Uh, yeah, as you said, groundbreaking one. And I hope it's, you know, the start of bigger things to come for women's cricket in India. Absolutely. So a good way to start the day off for all uh, Indian cricket fans and particularly uh, the women's team and the women's squads and aspiring women's players in India as well. Of course, the the central contracts will remain the same. Um, hopefully, they will improve in years to come as well. But uh, our focus is going to start here with India versus the Netherlands in Sydney. Beautiful evening in Sydney with all the sunsets and everything over the stands there, over the old uh, pavilion. And uh, another victory for India, a comfortable victory in the end, um, you know, to be expected, 56 runs, the winning margin in the end. Um, but let's let's go back to the start of the game uh, and India winning the toss, deciding to have a bat first, which was interesting. And it's it's been one of those World Cups, hasn't it, where the wickets haven't been great, the conditions haven't been great. There's been a lot of rain around as well. They're playing on a used pitch as well because they were the second game to play South Africa one in convincing style over Bangladesh early on. Uh, Riley Russo with another 100 in that. So uh, an interesting one to keep an eye on in India's group as well. South Africa, of course, having their first match washed out agonisingly uh, just before they could complete that five overs to constitute a match. Um, so they came out hard as well as expected. So it was a used pitch. Good decision from Rohit, I thought, to bat first. And, you know, not only because of the conditions, but also just to test yourself doing something different as well. And um, yeah, you expected them to get off to a good start. I tweeted before the match, just as we're about to get underway, that KL Rahul, he's, he's going to score a 50. It's going to happen. It's against one of the so-called weaker sides in the competition. And uh, he, he tends to stat pad, really. I, I know it's a little bit unfair to say because they're all international cricketers, but against the weaker sides, he tends to do a lot better. He showed that in the last World Cup as well. He's, he's done it in bilaterals generally against the weaker sides and, and rarely shows up on the big occasion. So I was just expecting it. And wow, another failure. Although 
he should have used DRS, but we'll come to that in a second. But he didn't he he didn't look comfortable out there at all, did he, for his short stay? Yeah, and uh, you spoke about, you know, it being unfair to call him the stat padder. Well, actually, stats do back what you've said. So, uh, against the top six teams, he has an average of 33 in T20Is with a strike rate of 134, which we know is not the greatest. Average of around 8 against Pakistan, 27 against Australia. In the 20s against England, not really sure uh, the exact number. Uh, And against, you know, uh, team 7 or lower, his average is around 49 with a strike rate, 148 or something. So, you know, just uh, a huge contrast. So, even yesterday, like uh, someone who was making a fantasy team asked me who should be the captain or whatever. And I suggested, you know, just go in with KL Rahul. He'll get 60 plus. Um, I know it's, you know, kind of um, the trolling him or whatever. I know it's um, unfair for, you know, journalists to have the, like attack him that way. Uh, but even today, like... It, there was just he he seemed very tentative like the first match against pakistan there was this sense of fear you know facing uh, shine of ridi and even today like uh, rohit called him for a singles he denied a few singles uh, up front like he didn't go on strike and uh, he didn't free his arms uh, so like do you think it's mental pressure do you think that you know going forward india should potentially try out Rishabh Pant and again that uh, dismissal that LBW it was going down leg and Rohit Sharma suggested like uh, almost was hinting that you know go for the uh, LBW but KL Rahul didn't take it almost like you know he didn't want to bat uh, very harsh statement but Yeah, yeah yeah I didn't like that I didn't like that I mean as a batter and and I, I was a top order batter, either opened or, or came in in the top three, occasionally four. So you know, I just love being out there at every moment. It doesn't matter if I was struggling or you, you don't want to give your wicket away. Any batter in the world will tell you that. You just want to be out there. You want to be greedy. Any any slight hint. I mean, obviously, I didn't play with DRS, but any slight hint that you are not out or that it's an umpire's call or anything like that, just go for it and especially if you're your captain for a start he's your captain and he's the non-striker who's got a great view of this is saying I think it might have been going down the leg there's a chance it could have been sliding past leg or it might be an umpire's call maybe you should go for this one and he just turned his back and walked off and I yeah he just you're right he just looked I mean we don't know if this is the case but he just looked scared to be out there almost like I've had enough of this I'm I'm going off I, I don't fancy any more of this and it was really really strange and I'm surprised not a lot more was made of that at the time in terms of the the commentators and stuff because it's very very strange I mean it took a while for the um the DRS to to show up the ball tracking on the graphics. Um, so we didn't see that until a few balls down the line, but yeah, really, really strange one that, and, um, you know, great breakthrough for the Netherlands, of course, early on, but then that intent as well. I mean, you, you talked about Richard Bunt, you know, should he be given an opportunity? I mean, we've been saying that that would be a great option at the top of the order. Cause if there is a place for him in the side, we think it's probably right at the top of the order in place of maybe Kale Rahul, you know, if he's in form like this, but I just don't see it happening now. It's, it, they they needed to sort of have that plan 
in the build-up to the World Cup. And there, there may be a case, look, if KL Rahul gets injured or picks up a niggle or something really crazy happens, then Rishabh Bunt might get his opportunity. But I don't think that's going to happen in this World Cup. I think they're going to stick with KL Rahul at the top of the order. Look, hopefully you find some form. But I think another thing that struck me was the intent. And you, you look at the power plays, of, of course, against Pakistan, they lost two early wickets and they were 15 for two and they had to rebuild. So the score at the end of the power play, you know, is 31 for three. It's kind of understandable that the runs weren't flowing because the wickets were falling in clumps as well. You lost three wickets. I know the third one was right at the end of the power play, but even losing a couple early on against a big team with a great bowling attack, you kind of understand that the target was in front of them as well. So they didn't have to go at tens and over to start with, it was, you know, the, the target wasn't such that they needed that. But today, you know, they lost Kale Rahul, but again, you know, Virat comes in and we know that Virat is is a generally a slowish starter, runner ball in T20Is, and, and then he picks up the pace as he did once again today. But then Rohit at the other end looked a little bit scratchy early on, didn't he? Didn't, wasn't in full flow and and that whole intent thing at the start of the innings, it seems to have gone out the window. It's been their mantra for, for the last 12 months since the previous World Cup that Royt's in charge. He said, we want to go hard. Even if we lose wickets, we're going to keep going hard all the way to the end. It's just not looked like that at all, this World Cup, has it? Yeah, the word intent, you know, first, I think, came onto the scene when Dhoni used to um, play, like, fag end of his T20 career when, you know, he wasn't the big hitter that we knew he was and every time he would bat and the word intent would come out and um, Tony had a lot to say about that also. Um, before we move on to Rohit, one more thing about KL Rahul is that, you know, he's the vice captain of the team. So, um, you know, just um, as you said, the LBW decision, he didn't even take it. You know, you're the vice captain. You have to lead from the front. If there's an opportunity, you just, you know, take take it and make the most of it but um i don't know that that's not a sign of a very good leader that you know you are um, not making like if you think that there's a chance you might be not out and you're not utilizing that um somehow i really don't see him as india's i hope that he is not india's next captain because there is a better candidate in Hardik Pandya. I wrote an article on Wisdom about it also. And um, I just hope that, you know, it's uh, Hardik Pandya who becomes the next captain. I know that uh, KL Rahul is the vice captain, but it happened before when, you know, Gambhir was the vice captain initially, but then they took away the vice captaincy from him and gave it to Kohli. So it's happened before. Um, and I just hope that uh, hopefully Hardik Pandya is fit and can keep it going and becomes the next captain once Rohit is, um, decides to hang his boots or whatever. And yeah, about the intent, um, you've very rightly said, you know, that that was uh, Rohit Sharma's biggest um, statement or uh, to say that, you know, India have to bat more intently. We did a whole episode on how they are batting intently. Someone just texted me, like, during the ma uh, match saying that, you know, your article just chinks them. So I'm like, what should I do? Should I retire, not have any more opinions? Because uh, whatever I say or do is, you know, it kind of just jinxes the team. Um, and about Kohli also, you know, he batted. He was 37 in 33, 25 in the next 11 balls. Um 
not the most fluent knock i'd say obviously the pitch was dual paced and the fielding was brilliant um, but you know in so many other occasions it can potentially potentially be a match losing knock also um obviously we know his importance in the team that pakistan match and what he can do how he can turn it around um, but with rohit also they kind of an anchor in the team and then kohli following you know both of them bat with the same template uh, do you think that you know that's the i don't know how that can be changed but what do you make of india's batting approach because yeah well look it's yeah just just back to that point really the the way they came into this world cup it was very much attack the power play throw the first couple of punches and that's how we're going to roll going into the world cup that's how we're going to play all our white ball cricket not just t20s but odis as well we're just going to attack up front and and you know it doesn't matter if we lose a couple of early wickets we back ourselves to go down fighting if if that is the case um so look it's it's just going against everything that that went on before but we've seen it look in ODI World Cups as well going into the 2019 ODI World Cup a question got put to Kohli about England actually at the press conference with all the captains when they had that photo shoot in that old warehouse or whatever before the tournament and they were doing some interviews and England had been scoring 400s and 380s and, you know, really high scores in ODI cricket in the run-up to that World Cup for fun, really. And, you know, the mid-400s, they were getting 450s and stuff like that. And Kohli got asked the question, are we going to see a 500 for the first time in this World Cup? And will it be England? And he just laughed it off and said, I think we'll see more 250 scores than we will 350 even and 500s probably out of the question it might happen at some stage but this is a world cup and 250 is probably going to be a good score in a lot of the matches and that's how exactly how it turned out and not just because of the conditions but it's the pressure isn't it the magnitude of playing in a world cup so even the fact that teams now uh, obviously we saw south africa you know score 200 but not Many sides, I feel, are going to do that in this World Cup. And 170 will be a good score. 180 will be a great score. And maybe the batting from all of the sides isn't quite going to be the same as it is in bilateral series because the pressure's off. You've got nothing really. I mean, it's bilateral T20 series, just preparation really for the next World Cup, aren't they? There's There's experiments going on, you know, batters who... You know, unless you're a young player coming to the side looking to cement your place, then there is no pressure or or you're a man in really bad form and you think you're on the verge of getting dropped, which maybe Kale Rahul thought he may have been and, and played really well towards the back end of the preparation for this World Cup as well. So I just think that that's playing on their mind, just the fact the occasion, the fact it's a World Cup. And uh, look, the, we might not quite see that same intent from India in the power play as we saw in the build-up to this tournament. But they did flick up the gears as well. Roy Sharma made that half-century, looked good in some of the shots that he played. He turned up the gears. And then the king and the sky put on a show for us once again. And we'll discuss that after this short break. You're listening to Cricket's Conversation on 99.94. Whatever your team, we have the show for you on podcast, YouTube or on the 99.94 app. We have India, 
England, South Africa, West Indies, and now Sri Lanka covered. If you want to find us, the best way is to follow us on social media at 9994DM by downloading the 9994 app or Google 99.94 on podcast. We speak cricket. So once Surakumar Yadav comes to the crease, I mean, it, it almost seems as though Kohli, first and foremost, admires just watching this guy, this genius, this this new you know, best T20I batter in the world as he has been for the last 12 months or so in action, in full flow. He just comes out, he middles the ball straight away. He just hits some unbelievable shots as soon as he comes in. Doesn't ever really take any time to get settled at the crease. He just gets into his flow straight away. And it almost seems to to flick a switch in Kohli's mind as well. And he almost doesn't think he has to compete with Surikumari, he sort of lets Sky be the aggressor at the other end, but then he also ups his tempo as well, like he did. I mean, he was 30, he got his 50 off 37 balls, but he was 32 from 30 balls at one stage. So just, just that flick in gears as well. And okay, he might have slowed down a little bit towards the end, but there was some good bowling from the Netherlands. They were mixing it up with their pace. The pitch was too paced, as you mentioned as well. Um, didn't seem to affect Sky at the other end, though. It was just another exhibition, 51 from 25. Yes, Curley got another half century, and we applaud him for playing the role that he did on, you know, not the easiest pitch to bat on, but a word on Sky, just just magnificent. Yeah. And especially on a deck, like, not the easiest pitch. And, you know, to strike at 200, um, just... He's from another planet. Uh, just... I'm not sure what... The, yeah, the highest strike rate was 140 in the innings. Kohli had a strike rate of 140 and, you know, Surya Kumar had a strike rate of 204, which just shows that he's a man from some other planet. Um, also, just before, like... Yeah, we are talking about Sky, but there was this one six of Kohli also that stood out. I think it was against Fred Klaassen. Um Seventeenth over, you know the slower ball dipping in. He got under it and he just hit it for a six. And uh, in the last episode with Bharat, he said that uh, sometimes Kohli is amazed at what Kohli can do. And you know his reaction after that six was like just eyes wide open, and he's like, "Wow!" Like you know, just he couldn't believe that he could do such a thing. So um, obviously, Surya Kumar was the he stole the limelight today, but there were uh, amazing sixes. And Kohli just continued his form in the World Cup, just a legend in the World Cup. Um, and what what do you think makes Kai and Virat Kohli tick? Because uh, you, before the during the Pakistan match, you uh, posted a tweet saying that you know this is the partnership that could turn her turn it around wasn't to be but what do you think makes Sky and Virat Kohli take also very interesting that you know the context where um, that IPL match where after Surya Kumar hadn't been picked and there was this slight banter between the two so uh, obviously social media was a buzz that there is something wrong between the two and now they've become such a exciting partner like exciting pair so yeah, yeah look at that time they 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 probably didn't know each other that well. Obviously, they would have come across each other, played against each other and all that, but they probably didn't know each other on a personal level. So I don't think it was anything personal. It was basically for, for context for those who 
Don't know what we're talking about. It was Mumbai Indians versus Royal Challengers Bangalore. Surakumar Yadav comes in for Mumbai in a difficult situation. Um, you know, run rate required is building and, and he ends up taking them home in a, in a very tight game and some brilliant exhibition, you know, of shots in, in that innings as well. And the reaction towards the end of the game, I think the one you're talking about where he just says, don't worry, I'm here, you know, calm down. I'm here. Don't worry. If I'm around, don't worry. I'm the man to get things done. Basically, that was his body language, his reaction. Didn't say any words. He was just chewing his gum. And, you know, as he won that match for Mumbai, obviously the TV cameras then panned to Virat Kohli, the Indian captain at the time. This, sorry to interrupt. Uh, the context is even greater because just a few days ago, uh, there was a team selection. There was a squad announced and Surakumar hadn't been picked. I don't remember which squad yeah, that's, it was. that's what I was yeah, getting sorry. to, yeah. Uh, but don't remember which series it was, but I think that, you know, I heightened that even further. Yeah, because basically he, he'd had a great couple of years in the IPL. He'd obviously been playing well domestically as well uh, for, for Mumbai. And, you know, he's he's not a young man, Surakumar Yadav. He's in his early 30s now. So it's taken a long time for him to push his way into the India side. And, and there were so many calls for him to be selected for India at the time. Obviously, Kohli was the captain and the cameras then panned to Virat Kohli and you know, he's obviously upset because RCB have lost that tight game. But then the talk started that was this a message to Kohli that, you know, I should be playing in your India side and all that. And it might have been, but, you know, it doesn't mean he hated him or there was anything, any personal sort of battle going on between the two. I would be pissed off if I was playing as well as that and I didn't get picked. So it's just a natural reaction, isn't it? And I just love when they come together now. Obviously, they they get on really well. Um, it's just great for Kohli, I think, to have somebody who in any format of the game, in, in this particular format being T20Is, is is actually, he can play shots that Kohli can't. And I don't think Kohli's ever come across many people like that. Yeah, there's there's been, you know, Kohli's not a big basher of the ball. So, you know, you've got your Chris Gales, your A.B. de Villiers, all these greats of T20 cricket who could play shots that Kohli couldn't. But to have a teammate in the India side who's basically, at the moment, better than you, you know, overall, no, Kohli's the greatest of all time. But at the moment, this guy is playing better than you. And I think Kohli likes that pressure being taken off him at the other end because he can just go and play his game then. And Surikumar just does, does a job on the bowlers and... Does it to the extent where it benefits Kohli then at the other end when he gets on strike, the bowlers are so bruised and battered that they're not finding their right lines and lengths and and he can find those scoring opportunities as well. It just works both ways. They obviously, you know, get on well personally. So there's there's good bits of banter going on. Uh, you know, if, if Surya hits some weird shot over short fine leg in a periscope kind of shot or scoop or whatever, Kohli will be amazed. Um, Kohli's... Six, as you mentioned, that that extra cover drive, beautiful. His reaction was great. Surya Kumar couldn't believe it at the other end as well, and it's just it's just wonderful. They just appreciate each other, and and yeah, I, th- I think it just takes the pressure off Virat Kohli and that pressure he's carried for so many years in this India side. It's just fantastic, and and I suppose sorry, it harps back to that point of team unity and and this group of players just being like one big happy family, whether things are going right or wrong. And and that 
you know, even goes to the point of Kale Rahul being given this extended run in the side, regardless of form, because they know the talent is there. And, you know, sometimes people are given maybe a bit too much of a rope, but it just shows how close and together this team is, doesn't it? Like we were discussing with Bharat. And uh, especially, you know, publicly, obviously, they have been asked uh, questions and uh, they are not afraid to stand up for each other publicly. Last year in the 2020 World Cup, obviously, uh, Kohli stood up for Shami when, you know, the, the whole, he was getting attacked uh, for his match against uh, Pakistan and he went on to give a very beautiful answer. Uh, in the same tournament, he was asked, you know, by a journalist saying that, would you drop uh, Rohit Sharma? And he just had the laugh saying that, would you drop Rohit Sharma? And uh, even earlier against, um, like this year against uh, England, Rohit Sharma was asked that uh, something about Virat Kohli and he was like, we will back him. We know what he can do. So, you know, I think that's the more heartening thing that in public, obviously, uh, you would do that uh, uh, in the dressing room, but publicly they are not afraid to, you know, pull each other up and show that they uh, believe in uh, believe in the other. So that's more heartening to see, um, I think. And as you rightly mentioned, yeah, yeah, go on. It's it's a it's a big difference. I mean, it it kind of draws parallels with football managers in, in the Premier League and and in leagues across Europe when. You have your great managers like your Sir Alex Ferguson's, your Arsene Wenger's for so many years who will never, ever say anything bad about their players. Their players are getting criticised. The questioning is coming their way from the press about this player's playing really badly. Is he going to get dropped or does does he need to like spend a bit of time you know, practising this or whatever it might be? They would always, always stick up for their players. And then on the other hand, you have somebody like a Jose Mourinho who will sometimes stick up for his players. But then when things aren't going well, he's often then sort of, you know, lambasted a certain player in public in an interview or in a press conference. And you look at how many clubs he's been at because eventually he'll lose the dressing room and get the sack basically and and that that's the difference you know I'm not saying Jose Mourinho isn't a great manager because he's proven you know he's got a winning record wherever he's been but he's not somebody who brings that unity and brings that longevity of success to anywhere that he is he's got like a three-year shelf life and and that's the difference when you've got a team like this who's been together for so long and wants that sustained success and you've got young players in the squad and everything like that Publicly, you've got to back them. Obviously, if if there's something wrong with somebody like a KL Rahul, for example, you take him to one side, you get the coaches involved and you ask him about his mental well-being and you, you make sure that you do everything that you can to get his form right. If he needs to spend time out the side, you can drop him for a couple of games or whatever it might be. But publicly, they always back their guys and and I think that is fantastic. Right, I've got I've got an important question for you. But before I ask you... We'll take another short break. If you love the language of cricket and want more, then head over to the 99.94 app and you can hear all of our podcasts and cricket commentary. We're adding new shows all the time and covering cricket series from all over the world. Be the first to hear all of our announcements by following us on social media at 99.94 DM. Welcome to Cricket's Conversation. So important question, Sarah. I mean, the bowling, let's just touch on the bowling quickly. I mean, it was 
It was it was tidy, it was steady, it was good. Boovy bowled well up front, a couple of maidens. Ended up getting a couple of wickets, uh, a couple also for Arshdeep, two for Akshar, who I think Akshar needed that, two for 18 after the, what happened against Pakistan in his solitary over. Shami was pretty tidy. Arshdeep bowled well at the death. He was on a hat-trick at one stage, a bit unlucky with some of the boundaries hit off him. And then uh, just the one over for Hardik Bandia today as well, just to, to get him involved in the game somehow. So India winning by 56 runs. Given all that, given the two matches we've seen so far, first and foremost, great to have four points on the board for India um, early on. One of those matches, probably the the toughest one they'll face in the group in terms of the hype, the pressure, the the magnitude of the occasion against Pakistan. So they've they've passed both tests, uh, one with flying colours, one by the the barest of margins, as a, a certain commentator once said. Can India win the World Cup? I'm tightly. No, I'm I'm not saying this. I'm not saying it. No. <laughs> can they? Not will they? Can they? They have their. I think. Uh, no, I I'm not saying don't, this. Don't be don't be a politician. Don't be like a, yes. Well, a yes, UK they can. Anyway, the, oh, yes, on the fence. they can. Whether they, I'm tight tight lipped on that. Um, before this, uh, like uh, before. In one of our previews, I did speak about, you know, how the bowling will stand up because this is what happened uh, in Australia 2015 also. Um, They have, like, lived up to um, what I expected them. Um, Obviously, tougher matches will come. The death bowling will, like, that will be a bigger test. But what we've seen till now, it's been impressive and... Yeah, they can win the World Cup, will they? That's a lot has to go their way. The weather has to hold up, and uh, a lot of things have to go their way. We saw England just getting uh, beaten when they could have won the match if it was a full game. The weather came in and they lost two points. So yeah, it's a very fickle format. Anything can happen. Yeah, th- that's it. I'm not going ahead and jinxing them anymore. Yeah, well, look, they've they've. They're off to the best start possible, so that's uh, we'll we'll give them that hundred percent so far. Next up, though, on Sunday, South Africa, different prospect. South Africa racking up the runs today, two hundred and five against Bangladesh, and then skittling Bangladesh out for just a hundred and one. Okay, that can happen with Bangladesh and any team chasing a two hundred plus score. You can go hard, you can lose wickets, you can end up getting skittled. It can be quite embarrassing. It, it you know. I wouldn't say Bangladesh have, have been at their best in the last 12 months or so. They've almost had a bit of a decline, haven't they, from from sort of that rise that they had and beating some of the, the better teams in bilateral series, particularly at home. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're not quite back to square one, but they're not considered a, a major threat in this World Cup. But, but what a performance from South Africa. I mean, they, they look pretty dangerous. Riley Russo... With another 100, 109, Quinton de Kock in the runs as well, 63. I mean, they've got Killer Miller in the side. They've got Irobada. They've got Norkia. You know, there's there's lots of IPL experience in there, so they'll know the Indians well. And also the fact that uh, South Africa have had the better of India in the recent past. Test, they won the Test Series. They won the... Uh, ODI series, the T20I series uh, in June was uh, to all. Uh, India just about managed to win the series. Uh, 
recently that also you know david miller was in top form riley russo was in top form so um almost like newslet you know you don't really expect them to be um contenders and yet they have something in there uh, especially recently in the last t20 world cup we saw like they just missed out because of the net run rate so um india would know well then to you know just take them lightly because they have had the better of them in this year right yeah well i'll tell you what they have got that the new zealand you know the the reason new zealand haven't been contenders generally or we don't think of them as contenders going into the world cup is cuz maybe they haven't always had a, a loads of star names in their side they've always had one or two but i mean you look down this south africa side they're full of stars i mean there's no ab de villiers of course there's nobody quite on that level but you well led by temba bavuma who's a, a good young captain i think quinton de kock riley russo tristan stubbs who's you know a fantastic prospect we saw a little bit of that in india and and obviously you know now he's in the side and and uh you know they expect big things of somebody like a Tristan Stubbs uh, Aiden Markram who across formats has been a star for them Killer Miller I mean they're they're bowling attack as well the spin twins Maraj and Shamsi and then you've got Nokia Rabada I mean it's there's a lot of big stars in that side so India should, obviously won't be taking them lightly they shouldn't Just be taking them lightly yeah just hope you know kl rahul against uh, the prospect of facing two fast bowlers up front is like he he can get out of that fear because against south africa against the likes of rabada you want him to go um, like attack up front and you know not get uh, Uh, just struggle and he just needs to time yeah, one or two early yeah. on doesn't it he? he needs yeah. to f- find a bit of timing just time a couple of drives and i think he'll get back into his groove um so yeah of course we'll keep you across everything that has happened in that match following the conclusion of india versus south africa on sunday uh, but for now happy days for india four points on the board Sara and uh you know 100% record only side which which hasn't been affected by the rain of course and hence has a uh, 100% record in the competition so far two wins out of two um and uh looking good Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually and you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sara is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond and you can also follow our network at 99.94dm on social media. Remember if you love cricket then we are the home of cricket audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94. Hey there. My name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julian Cerasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula 1 and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. 
Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview. And Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts.